0: chapter twenty three of summer days in shakespeare land by charles g harper this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter twenty three there is a mansion of much local fame rather more than a mile out of stratford off the henley road the manor house of clopton for long past the seat of the hodgson family but formerly that of one of the ancient families of Clopton, who are found not only in Warwickshire and Gloucestershire, but in Suffolk as well. Widespread as they once were, I believe that the very name is now extinct. There is necessarily much mention of the Clopton name in these pages, for Sir Hugh Clopton was the great fifteenth-century benefactor of Stratford. He was a younger son of the owner of this manor the house has been time and again altered and partly rebuilt but it still contains portraits of the cloptons on the great jacobean staircase and painted on the walls of an attic once used as a secret chapel by roman catholics are to this day the black-letter texts upon which ambrose rookwood prominent in the gunpowder plot of sixteen o five must have looked he had rented clopton house for a time in order to be conveniently near his friends and to the meeting-place on dunsmore which the conspirators had appointed the scene of their rebellion when king and parliament should have been blown sky-high by guy fawkes thirty-two barrels of gunpowder after the failure of the plot and the arrest of the conspirators the high bailiff of stratford was instructed to seize ambrose rookwood's effects at clopton house an inventory of them is preserved in the birthplace museum at stratford and affords some quaint reading chalices crosses crucifix and a variety of obviously papist articles are in company with an old cloak bag whose value was sixpence and a white nag twenty shillings the high bailiff evidently cleared the house taking all he could find for mention is made of one pair of old boots twopence these being the goods of ambrose fuller there is a further note that ambrose fuller had his old boots restored to him the high bailiff being presumably unable to find anything treasonable in them shakespeare is said to have taken his idea of ophelia from margaret clopton who in the misery of disappointed love is supposed to have drowned herself in a well in the gardens in fifteen ninety two a Charlotte Clopton, too, is supposed to have been buried alive in the Clopton vault in Stratford Church, in 1564, when the plague visited the neighbourhood, and thus to have given Shakespeare a scene in Romeo and Juliet. But it is only fair to say that the stories are legendary, and not sustained by any known facts in the Clopton family history from clopton we will retrace our steps to stratford and thence set out anew to visit some outlying villages of interest better reached from the road to Alster. the ulster road is the least interesting road out of stratford it leads past the great western railway station and thence up red hill reaching ulster the roman alona in seven and a half miles there is little joy or interest to be got out of Ulster, which is a pleasant enough little town of thirty-five hundred inhabitants and a manufacture of needles, but not thrilling. There is still some unenclosed land along this road on the left, a rather wild upland common, the unshrubbed down, and it is a tumbled up and down country on the right, where Billesley stands. Billesley is a parish, with a parish church and an ancient manor-house, but no village. I can imagine the tourist, the cyclist, of course, who is a more enterprising person than most, saying, as he sees Bill's on the map, I will put up there. And I can imagine him, further, getting there under circumstances of night and rain and wind, and finding it to be the most impossible of places to stay at, for there is no inn, and not the slightest chance of hospitality. But it is well enough if you come to it in daytime, for it has the charm of singularity the strangeness of the old manor-house behind its lofty enclosing garden walls, and the weirdly rebuilt eighteenth-century church at the end of a farm-road, which you dispute with porkers and cluttering fowls. Billesley Church is one of the claimants for the honour of witnessing Shakespeare's marriage, but on what evidence the claim rests no one can tell, and in any case it was entirely rebuilt afterwards the tradition is probably only a hazy association with the marriage of his granddaughter elizabeth hall whose wedding took place in the former building in sixteen thirty nine little belief either can be given to the panelled room in Bilsley hall said to have been a library in shakespeare's youth in which he was allowed to study Downhill and to the right and you come to wilmcote the home of shakespeare's mother mary arden it was in her time merely a hamlet of aston cantlow but it is now a separate ecclesiastical parish with an uninteresting church wilmcote is not a particularly inviting place and not one of a number of boys playing cricket could tell me where was the home of shakespeare's mother however in a place like wilmcote it does not take long to solve such a point even if it were to come to a house-to-house inquiry the home of the ardens yeoman farmers seems to modern ideas quite a humble house it is one of a row of ancient timber framed and plastered cottage-like houses with a large farmyard at the back rambling low-ceilinged rooms with inglenooks in the fireplaces form the interior some day i suppose when the shakespeare birthplace trust has ceased to expend much money in the collection of rare editions and in paying fat pensions to its superannuated servants it will seek to purchase the arden home and show to shakespearean travellers the house in which robert arden a sixteenth-century yeoman of some standing and some pretensions to gentility yet sat at table with his farm-servants in the old way, just as in the remoter parts of the west of England is still done. It is generally supposed that Welmcott is the place referred to by Shakespeare in the induction to the taming of the shrew, as Wincott. The name is locally pronounced in that way, as it would be when we consider the difficulty in ordinary rustic speech of twisting the tongue around Welmcott but reasons are given on for identifying it with wincut in quinton there is however another place which claims the honour the unlovely Wilnicott, a brick and tile manufacturing settlement on the watling street over twenty-five miles distant it also is locally wincut and in shakespeare's time brewed a famous tipple Sir Aston Copcane, whose verses were published as near Shakespeare's own day as sixteen fifty eight, had no difficulty in identifying it. Writing to his friend, Mr. Clement Fisher, who resided at Wilnicott, whom he addresses of Wincott, he says, Shakespeare your Wincott ale hath much renowned, that fox, a beggar, so by chance was found, sleeping that there needed not many a word, to make him to believe he was a lord but you affirm, and in it seem most eager, twill make a lord as drunk as any beggar. Bid Norton brew such ale as Shakespeare fancies, did put Kit Sly into such lordly trances, and let us meet there for a fit of gladness, and drink ourselves merry in sober sadness." It is quite evident, among other things, that Sir Aston Cocaine wrote pretty bad verse but the point to be emphasised is that there were certainly in Shakespeare's time three wincots any one of which might have served his turn but the vanished alehouse of wincott in quinton is the place more particularly meant by him stephen sly alluded to in the play was a real person who seems to have been what people call a character he was probably a half-witted creature the butt of stratford and occasionally appears in the unimpeachable records of the town as a servant of the combs of welcombe or as a labourer there also appears in those same chronicles in later years a jones Sly, who was fined in sixteen thirty for travelling on the sabbath an offence not so great in itself but very reprehensible in the eyes of the puritan magistrates of that time the parent village of Aston Cantlow is two miles from Wilmcote. the site only of the ancient castle of the Canteloupes remains, behind the church, in a tangled moat still sometimes flooded by the little river Aln. The old courthouse, a long half-timbered building now divided into three or four cottages, is the chief feature of the village street. Wooten Wawen in something less than another three miles owes the first part of its singular name to its olden situation in the forest of arden and the second part to the saxon lord of the place a landowner named wagon whose name appears as witness to the foundation charter of the monastery at coventry founded by leofric the husband of godiva in ten forty three it stands at a junction of roads, where the highway from Stratford through Beerley comes swinging up round a corner from the channels of the Alne, and runs broad and imposing on to Henley and Arden and Birmingham. The church, occupying a knoll, is a strange but beautiful group, with central tower in the decorated style, a rather plain south chapel of the same period, and a beautiful nave clerestory of the fifteenth century a very large decorated chancel east window has its moulding set with elaborate crockets the stranger attracted by this noble church tries the door it is locked but before he can turn away it will be opened by a girl who says there is a fee of sixpence there always is you render tribute for sake of seeing the interior uneasily suspecting that it is another sixpence gone towards some scheme of alteration which would not have your approval but these things cannot be helped the interior discloses some unexpected features the lower part of the tower being unmistakably saxon work with very narrow arches to nave and chancel here are two curious enclosed carved oak pews that were perhaps original chantries and a fine fifteenth-century oak pulpit a desk with eight chained books and an ancient chest with iron work in the shape of fleur-de-lis together with effigies and brasses to the harwell family complete an interesting series of antiquities here is buried william somerville author of the chase who died in 1742. the town of henley in arden with its broad and picturesque street and the white swan inn is much afflicted in these latter days by excessive motor traffic from birmingham beau a seat of the marquis of anglesey adjoins it and preston bagot on the east lies in a once remote district the sign of the crab mill inn on the way alludes to a former manufacture of cider here the old manor house of preston bagot beside the road is locally said to have been the first house built in the forest of arden but of that we cannot obviously be at all sure there is a house about four miles onward at rowington green on the other side of rowington which looks in parts older it is the romantic looking house known as shakespeare hall for many years a farmhouse but now the residence of mr j w ryland f s a it dates back to the early part of the fifteenth century and had until recently a moat traditionally it was the home of one thomas shakespeare a brother of william shakespeare's father and Shakespeare is further said to have composed as you like it in the room over the porch we need not believe that tradition which has no evidence to warrant it although the house was once the home of one of the very numerous Shakespeare families in Arden the poet's family were relations the massive horseman's upping block has been allowed to remain beside the front door End of chapter twenty three